this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Almost Persuaded. Paul sails for Rome, a fateful decision, Paul's I told you so, and approaching land. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever been, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings of death, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, the protector of all who trust in you, have mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Old Testament lesson is from Isaiah chapter 45. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break it in pieces, the doors of bronze, and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places, that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On February 12, 1968, 1,300 black sanitation workers went on strike in Memphis, Tennessee. This meant that they refused to do their job of picking up trash throughout the city until their demands were met. The men were forced to work in dangerous conditions. They were paid very little. They were not allowed to form unions to protect themselves. They were even treated worse and paid less than their white co-workers just because of the color of their skin. The strike was hard to start with all of those things going on, but it finally began a few days after two sanitation workers, Echol Cole and, and Robert Walker, were crushed to death by their garbage truck while working. And for many, it finally revealed how dangerous the job really was. The strike was organized to change all of this, but in a deeper and more meaningful way. And the powerful image that defined this movement in that time and in that place was a photo of these workers standing in the street all holding signs. These signs didn't have a list of demands. Those would just be distractions. They didn't threaten uh, violence either to people who were over them, no. Instead, they all declared the same simple message printed in bold letters, I am a man. See, more than anything, they wanted to be seen and treated as equals. They wanted to be shown dignity and respect. They were more than just sanitation workers. They were more than just the color of their skin. They were men. And if they could unearth that deep-seated problem, then the rest would fall in line. But that discussion takes more work. It is much more earth-shaking. It disturbs the status quo. The easier conversation is to talk about the benefits. It's much easier to discuss the hours, the conditions, the compensation that they should be receiving. What is a harder conversation? is the deep-rooted stuff, which are really the real issues. Sitting across from one of those workers, it's much more awkward to talk about how they were treated as less than men. No, instead, let's keep it surface level. Let's deal with just the peripherals. Let's put band-aids on the surface and let's just move on. But you can't. Not when it's staring you in the face. Not when it's finally been called out. Not when it's demanding to be rectified. And that's the convicting reality of Jesus' response to the Pharisees as they attempt to trap him in his words. As Jesus holds up that coin engraved with the image of man, he gets the serious problem ensnaring those keepers of the law. This is not about taxes. This isn't about loyalty to Rome versus Jerusalem or any other of those surface issues. This is about something much deeper. This is about something with corrupted roots that have burrowed their way into the heart of every man. 
Is Jesus truly Lord over all things? Or is he one in a long line of lesser lords, all demanding your attention and your allegiance, your treasures and your talents? You know, it's much easier to talk about the surface things. But you and I both know that this is a first commandment issue, and first commandment issues are at the root of every single sin. Now, it's hard to tell how much of an idol money was to these Pharisees. The text does not say. But the very fact that they used it showed that they gave it and the man on it some kind of power and authority over their lives. Jesus zooms out, putting rather a wide-angled lens on this problem to show what the conversation should really be about. Jesus holds up this coin and doesn't address how it is used, but rather... And you can substitute that coin with anything else, and the question of ownership, of lordship, will remain the same. How do I best use the gifts that are my family, or my time, my talents, my intelligence, my reason, my money, my passions? As they are held up before you, the temptation is to try and figure out just how to use it. Jesus is digging deeper, reminding you, reminding all of us who it all belongs to. And those questions are not the same. And the root one that Jesus asks helps reorder our world if we let it. And it will leave us speechless, marveling at such a convicting realization. And finally, after wrestling with Jesus' confronting question. And coming to the conclusion that everything truly is his, then the answer to our use of these things becomes much clearer. If this all belongs to the Lord, then the question to volley back at Jesus is not, Lord, how should I use these things? But rather, Lord, since these are yours, then what plans do you have for them? And in doing so, we take these precious gifts that we've turned to idols off of the throne, making way for Jesus so that we can place them in submission at his feet once again. The surface issues are admittedly easier. How can I manage portions of these things? But in that, you remain a slave to them. Liberation comes in exposing and uprooting these deep, burrowing issues. You know, the civil rights movement used that cry, I am a man, to hold America to its own confession of liberty and justice for all. Jesus confronts us and our idols to hold us to our own confession as well or at least to redirect our attention and our worship back to him again. Don't get stuck debating the surface stuff. Don't get caught up in the peripherals. They are a distraction. 
As Jesus holds up a coin, he demands we hold fast to our confession. The confession and admission that Jesus is Lord. That the earth and sea are really his, for he made them. And his hand formed the dry land. You know, I can't help but hear echoes of God reminding Job of the reality of his power. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or where, what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? The roots have been exposed. Now take an axe to them. Take an axe to them and realign yourself with the power and providence of God Almighty. Let us kneel again and surrender to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, putting all things in submission under his feet. And we will do that soon. As we kneel in confession at this altar, tasting grace and mercy for receiving forgiveness and nourishment of faith from our Lord, who is Lord over all. Once again, we are called to repentance in order to receive forgiveness from the Lord of all creation, our Savior Jesus Christ, who holds all things, even you, in his hand. And thankfulness and praise, marveling at his words and his grace amidst our failures. We then ask our Lord, how would you have us use these things? In Jesus' name, amen. prayers, we continue to intercede on behalf of the nations and peoples in the Middle East where war and violence continue to threaten. Mindful that God has commanded us to pray and has promised to hear us, let us bring our requests and thanksgivings to him in the confidence that he will grant our every desire according to his good and gracious will. 
Almighty God, our merciful and great High Priest, protect and guide your holy Christian Church here on earth, that through the faithful proclamation of Christ crucified, many may come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, in your mercy. Ruler of the nations, grant peace to our troubled world. Thwart the schemes of those who promote lawlessness and violence, especially in the Middle East and sustain the countless number who suffer at the hands of the wicked. Grant to every nation good and faithful rulers who seek the common good, that all people may live in safety. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, watch over and bless those in our communities who give of their time to improve the lot of others. Grant them compassionate hearts to assist those who are less fortunate, that all those in need may know the support of their communities. Lord, in your mercy. God of all grace, according to your good pleasure, watch over us in our every need. Grant healing to those whose bodies have become frail due to disease and illness. Comfort the dying, console those who mourn, and teach us to turn to you daily in the confidence that you will sustain us. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us, Lord God, a living faith that joyfully receives the life here offered in the holy body and blood of your beloved Son, that with thankful hearts we may rejoice in the life you bestow on us. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, We laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
our Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
May this precious body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith from now until life everlasting. Depart in his peace. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. And with our spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.